Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wavelet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's Fastest 90 Minutes Post Time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozich. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! That just happened. That just happened. Final afternoon show of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. I'm Mike Carter, alongside of Mike All Star announcer Bozich. Mike, we're going to use your uh, use your stage name for what you called in with here, buddy. You got an action packed show for you here. And listen, Mike, uh, you, you're lucked up in Maryland, but I'm on the beaches in Virginia. No, I'm in Richmond, but it, it's close enough to the beaches anyway. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, welcome to the East, my friend. Richmond certainly can be considered uh, East, and I know you'll be heading to uh, Washington, D.C. to partake in some of the uh, scenery there. So uh, congratulations and uh, welcome out here to the East Coast, where the weather has certainly been very, very good. And Mike, springtime is in the air. Sunday is opening day at Harris, Philadelphia. I can't wait, Mike. There is not there's there's nothing like opening day of a harness meet to me. I, I, it's still get exciting. Uh, I've gone through many, many opening days and Mike, I got to tell you, the butterflies are still there, which is a good thing. Listen, I'll be glad when you go to work. So you stop being bored and, uh, let me, let me do a little bit of the, uh, let me do a little bit of the prep work, buddy. Listen, we got an action uh, pack show. Or, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that we've got an action pack show today. It's going to be a great one, Mike. But first, before we get into that, we do have a couple of things. I know we got one thing you want to mention real quick. One thing I want to mention real quick is the George Morton Levy Series Bracket Buster. We had 32 entrants. It was an NCAA-style tournament, Mike Carter. And uh, out of 32, we're down to not 16 quite yet. 18. Because yeah. We've got a war between Drew Presto and uh, our man Pete Medhurst. They've got to take it to overtime, so they're going to make some picks tomorrow for the matchmaker in the same format, and the winner's going to go on to face uh, Mark Dudek, who uh, defeated Jack Archer. But what a lot of fun this has been. So we're down to 16. If anybody's listening uh, that's in the tournament, please make sure you start getting your selections in for the Levy coming up on Saturday. You have till 6 p.m. to do so on Saturday. Yeah, you have 6 p.m. until on Saturday. Pete Metahurst and our other friend Drew, uh, you guys have until, I believe, uh, 6 p.m. tomorrow to get your right. Friday selections in. We're going to talk to our man uh, Gabe Pruitt uh, today. And uh, also, we wanted to talk about uh, our friend Freaky Feed Pete. He'll be back, um, it looks like, Mike, on June the 24th for the Ben Franklin. Everything looks like all systems go. Um, for those of you who don't remember, he broke a splint bone in his right front leg and pieces entered his suspensory. Um, 
and uh, Marty Reinheimer, who's now responsible for conditioning the Breeders' Crown and Indian the champion, um, you know, is, is getting him ready, Mike. And it looks like uh, they're going to take him up to Hoosier Park, uh, get him qualified, and get set for a showdown with Wiggle at Jiggle it. But they're facing a uh, facing a uh, kind of a scheduled question. They're going to kind of aim towards the Dan Patch. They want to go to the Red Mile and, of course, the Breeders' Crown. And uh, for those of you who don't know, we are going to be at a bunch of those events, and uh, we're going to be at a few more, Mike, uh, starting with the Molson Pace on May 26th and ending with the Breeders' Crown on October 28th. Yeah, I can't wait. Our remote schedule is uh, growing. Expect some changes there. For more information on that, you can log on to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, and hit remote schedule. Also on the program today, it is the incoming vice president of the Maryland Horse Council, Stuart Pittman. They have an initiative going on, and it's called uh, Go Pro, and we're going to talk a little bit to Stuart about that at about 1.15 plus guest mike i you know i can't believe we've been on the air for a year and a half and we haven't had this gentleman on the show he's making his post time with mike and mike debut today. that's hard to believe hollywood <laughs> hayden will be joining us towards the bottom of the hour and uh, we got a lot of stories that uh, i'm sure hollywood can share with us he's uh, the stat man of harness racing and we're also going to share some stories about uh, the late great sam mckee plus jay bergman will be joining us from the daily racing forum another Article, Mike, on beard trainers, a subject that has been getting a lot of attention as of late. And we're going to talk to Jay about a great article that he wrote for the Daily Racing Forum concerning beard trainers. Plus, uh, a little bit of a late addition, Mike, is we're going to go around the horn and talk about the Blue Chip Matchmaker and the Levy Series coming up uh, on Friday and Saturday at Yonkers. And uh, one of the Yonkers pros, Matt Rose, will be joining us for our Around the Horn segment. So the show is busy. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll get the ball rolling with our man Gabe Pruitt in the weekly Pompano Park segment. You've got post time. Mike and Mike. Bye, America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca.
We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich alongside of Mike Carter. And I said that backwards. Like, geez, so weak. Where, where's this day? Where is this day going? We're joined now by our man. Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter, we've yeah. got breaking news, and this has just been passed to me. Uh, Bet America, due to recent heavy losses on Sunday nights, has uh, begun the process <laughs> of declaring bankruptcy. Um, <laughs> So uh, just terrible, terrible news. Uh, Gabe, did you know anything about that? You know, I think those uh, those handicapping contests may have been to a uh, downward spiral. I'm not expecting a, a plaque or anything from uh, Bet America due to my uh, lack of success in those. So uh, my apologies. Uh, and by the, by the by the way, just to clear the air, we are kidding. Bet America did not declare bankruptcy. Gabe's got this little thing going on. <laughs> Sunday nights beat Gabe, and uh, I think just about everybody's beaten Gabe on Sunday nights and doubled up and gotten their five bucks. But uh, uh, nonetheless, a great promotion, a lot of fun that was uh, had by all Gabe, and I know you had a lot of fun with it also. It was a lot of fun. We uh, interacted with many uh, people on uh, social media, and uh, yes, everyone had a lot of success. It was a lot of fun for the people that uh, signed up and played the contest as uh, I finished up the track nearly every week. <laughs> Well, listen. When you when you're when you're Mike Bozich and you play show bets as much as he does, you're bound to uh, mm-hmm. bound to catch an egg every once in a while. No, uh, yeah. anyway. <laughs> listen. All right, Gabe. Well, listen. You've subtracted a day from your live racing schedule. Um, as uh, we we talked a little bit about last week, and I kept saying as things wind down, and you corrected me and said you guys had about two months left to go. Uh, I was ready to kick you off the uh, the live map, uh, so to speak. But you've uh, subtracted yeah, you were uh, you were riding our. You were writing our obituary. You you said we yeah. had like two hours left in the meet. We still had uh, two months left. Yeah, that's right. Listen, you've cut out Saturdays, and uh, what's the racing schedule look like now, and um, where we go from here? We were actually four nights per week, uh, Sunday through Wednesday, and that's actually only holding up for uh, one more week. So we actually will race Sunday through Wednesday coming up, then we'll drop Wednesday. So we'll go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday throughout the remainder of April. So one more Wednesday night on the uh, schedule. And then we do race throughout the month of May as well, just two nights per week, uh, Sundays and Tuesdays. Sunday nights uh, definitely going to be our, our highlight uh, of each and every week uh, with one of our strongest cards uh, and, and, of course, a $20,000 guaranteed pick four. Now, Gabe, we know you're a chalk player, and uh, so obviously uh, when horses like <laughs> Yes You Can win last night at a big price, uh, it, it's time for you to pick them. But could I have a Sealster and uh, Machen Marley uh, made a big attempt, but Yes You Can uh, decided to show up at a uh, leisurely 26-1, to 1, buddy. You know, Yes You Can is a nice mare. We knew she was nice. She had a good season last year. She banked, uh, I believe, 60000 and change for credit. Tony Dengis. But she had just been okay of late uh, down here. She had been uh, finishing close against uh, some like Open 2 company, but uh, she actually stepped up last night. She had a nice trip, and, yes, a 28-to-1 uh, upset. That sent uh, me and many folks overboard in the uh, pick four there <laughs> in the first leg. But uh, there were still four tickets out of the pick four, so well done if you had it. I believe it paid uh, 3500 and change for 50 cents. Uh, oddly enough, the first three legs uh, were all won from post one. So, uh, uh, as Godiva Seelster was upset there, she was beating the final stride. But, uh, guys, she's still ultra-consistent. She has missed one check since the age of two, and that uh, span covers uh, well over 100 starts. So, uh, Godiva Seelster uh, continues to be one of the uh, top mares here at our open ranks. 
Listen, uh, Godiva Sealster seems to be a little bit of a uh, ATM machine for her uh, connections, and you know as well as I do because you're a horse owner that you know horses that get checks each and every week uh, they tend to pay for themselves and then some, and uh, those are the kinds of horses that you really want. Oh, there's no question about it. She's a model of consistency. You know, Dan Hennessy's our leading trainer. Wally Hennessy's our leading driver. The O'Neills have uh, several nice horses that race uh, locally here in Florida, and then they ship to uh, Saratoga for the uh, summer. But uh, she really is a true model of consistency. I believe she made uh, 125000 change last season. She won 14 of 30. Uh, and, again, has missed one check since the age of two. She's now seven. So that's uh, pretty remarkable. Now, Gabe, there's a horse racing at Pompano, a five-year-old horse by Jeremy's Jet called Draken Hanover. And Draken Hanover was uh, tested to the opening quarter in the open on Sunday by Sing For Me George. And I, I, I feel bad for Sing For Me George because no matter how hard he pressed to the lead, he could not get past uh, could not get past Draken Hanover. And Draken Hanover put in one heck of a mile, 151 the final time, but a quick 26-1 and opening quarter. Uh, seems like this open class at Pompano uh, is a very fast bunch. You know, it is. Draken Hanover is a nice horse uh, in his own right. Now, he does have a couple of newcomers he'll be facing on uh, Sunday night, uh, Alta Jerome. Uh, who did race one time here uh, way back in uh, November, and then uh, Scott Rocks, who has won here in the uh, past as well. Both of those horses ship again uh, now locally for trader Mike Simons uh, before he ships uh, up north. And uh, that will provide a little extra competition for uh, Drak and Annover, but, uh, of course, Drak and Annover uh, will be uh, one of the favorites in there. I believe he's a second choice uh, this Sunday down to the morning line, but uh, won't be maybe as easy as it was last week. I believe he was one to five. Now, yeah, Mike Bozich had him about 100 times the show. So that was a nice pick. Uh, we do need to salute Mike on that. I forgot to congratulate him. Very, very nice pick on Dragon Adam last week. Really, really, that was a sleeper. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, listen, you know, you know, listen, I, I, I did very well last Sunday in the Bet America tournaments. <laughs> By the way, for the Bet America, for those of you that have not played in those Bet America tournaments contests, they are a lot, a lot of fun, especially when you win. And uh, I, I won one uh, Sunday, but I got to tell you, Gabe, and, and listen, I'll say just like if I won, yesterday I entered one of those uh, contests that was the last five races at Pompano, and I picked five races, and I don't think my top pick hit the board in uh, each of those last five races, so I got the big goose egg. Well, welcome to the club on that note, but I will say you're 100% right. Uh, those contests are really funny. You need to check them out. Again, Bet America, you can uh, go there, check out. They have a slew of contests, guys. Before I got involved with the uh, Sunday night contest over the month of March, I really didn't know how extensive their contest lineup is. So on any given night, uh, you'll have uh, contests for different amounts. If, uh, if you'd like to play for uh, just a few bucks or if you'd like to put up more money, they really have the contests all across the board. Uh, you're playing against the other players, and I think it's a great thing and uh, something that could really take off uh, even to another level. Now, Gabe, you mentioned real quick Scott Rocks is coming back on a Sunday. Scott Rocks, a uh, record holder at um, at Northfield Park. But the qualifier, I'm looking at the line, looks really, really impressive. But Alta Jerome, the other Fern Paquette Jr. Uh, trainee, uh, really stuck right with Scott Rocks. Could you see this mile going uh, maybe 49 or a little bit faster uh, this week? You know, it's tough to say because those horses are both coming off a uh, qualifier, albeit a good qualifier, as you mentioned. Um, so it will be interesting to see. You know, you, we know Dragon Adam is ready to go uh, at least a 50 and change mile. Uh, so we'll see where those horses are ready to go. You said it's a Skyrock. He's a very fast horse. 
Uh, so we'll see if he's ready to get fired first off the shelf. Again, it should make it for an interesting event uh, as opposed to uh, last week where we had a, a big favorite in that uh, class. But we're looking to do some things. We want to keep horses raced uh, that uh, do come down here in Florida with us. So, you know, there's a possibility if, if the ranks thin out that um, you know, we begin to start horses from the second tier that uh, may be big favorites in those spots. So we're going to uh, actually play with some things moving forward to try and make those races as competitive as possible. Listen, uh, let's uh, let's let's save that topic for next week. Because listen, there's no shortage of topics during this uh, segment, but we always have a lot of fun with our man Gabe Pruitt and uh, Gabe. Listen, you guys are doing a fantastic job down there. We'll see you back here next week. We appreciate all the support. Thanks, guys. Hey, Gabe, real quick. He's gone. And he's gone. <laughs> did, did you, I wanted to ask him if he's going to even be up and out of bed at 10:30 in the morning. Oh, well, we'll have to wait for next week to find out if yeah. he's up and out of bed before 1030. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyways. All right. Well, we've got our man Stuart Pittman on deck. Uh, he is from the Maryland Horse Council. And, Mike, you know, the state of Maryland, they do a lot of great things. Uh, they had the $100,000 uh, Potomac Pace last year, which was won by all bets off at Rosecroft Raceway. And uh, we're going to find out what the Maryland Horse Council is uh, doing to uh, strengthen the Maryland horse industry on this backside of the commercial break. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. The action is always hot at Hardest Racing's Windsor Capital Pompano Park. With guaranteed pools, constant carryovers, and industry load takeouts, Pompano Park has become one of Hardest Racing's greatest horseplayer attractions. Live racing five nights per week, Sunday through Wednesday and Saturday too, for the most time of 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Wager now at Hardest Racing's Windsor Capital Pompano Park. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Dr. 
We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Uh, before we get to our next guest, just want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Ushua Canada, doing a great job helping us out, getting quotes on Twitter and posting those. So a big hats off to Ushua Canada, doing a great job, always retweeting our stuff. And we want to uh, just pass a quick thank you to them. Right now, it's the incoming vice president of the Maryland Horse Council, Stuart Pittman, joining the program. Stuart, welcome back, sir. Thank you. Stuart, for those people that don't know, and I know we went over this uh, a couple of months ago when we had you on, but uh, what exactly is, for those of you that, or for those people that aren't familiar, what is the Maryland Horse Council? Well, it's a membership organization of the people in the industry who want to keep things rolling and keep um, keep the politicians accountable. And uh, and you know, really, what it 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 is, it's the businesses and it's individuals and it's associations, but. You know, more than anything, it's the farms, and um, that, that's where our fights are fought, um, often at the county level, sometimes at the state level. But, you know, when you think about horse racing and the horse industry, sometimes we forget that uh, if we didn't have farms, we wouldn't have horses. And it looks like the Maryland Horse Council is looking to take that next step. You guys are looking to raise money for what is called the Go Pro Initiative. Can you explain what that's all about? Yeah, yeah. So – you know, the organization, like a lot of state horse councils, is, is uh, you know, always struggling to, to get volunteers and to get lobbyists and to get staff and to raise money. It, you know, it's nonprofit, and it's mostly been volunteer-run. Um, we've been that way for, for quite some time. We've had a part-time administrator helping out. Um, and we've gotten a lot done in the state legislature, and we've gotten some done at the county level. But uh, we, we uh, ran across this guy named Kevin Addicts, who I think has even been on your show. Um, yep. and he's, he's the, uh, the director and administrator for the wineries association, the breweries association and the spirits, uh, which is, doesn't seem that relevant to the horse industry, except when you think about it, it's all agriculture and they, they, they're calling it value added agriculture. So it's farms where things are going on that counties don't necessarily consider agriculture. And there's been some questions in some counties about whether, horse farms are agriculture and everything we do at a horse farm is agriculture. And, you know, we go to get permits for, for barns or we need to do some grading to, to put in a riding arena or a racetrack or schooling facility or uh, anything like that. Um, and, and they uh, sometimes treat us like urban developers and, um, and then they put up all these impediments that make it impossible for us to, you know, to really operate our farms the way we need to. So, um, you know, this guy and his company, Kevin Addicts, have been um, the leaders in uh, working at the county level and getting these county agencies to, um, to do right by the industry. And so we started talking to him about the horse industry, and we've had some common issues with, with these other sectors of agriculture and uh, came up with this plan where uh, he, could, he could become the director of the Maryland Horse Council, or he will become, um, and his staff um, help put together events and help, you know, organize the strategies when we lobby and, uh, and work at the county level. Um, so the campaign is to is to get that started by first raising the money, uh, so we have something in the back pocket to cover the expenses for the first year, um, and then move forward with a strategy to to keep it running. Yeah, we've had Kevin Addicts on the show. His company growing, fortify, and uh, obviously uh, it pays a lot 
to be able to forge these relationships, uh, maybe even in and above racing uh, to kind of advance your agenda. But, you know, you talk about the Maryland Horse Industry Board, the Equiary, the the uh, major horse industry associations for both harness and thoroughbred getting involved. And we talk all the time about unity and how important it is when we go to our government agencies. In this case, it would be Annapolis. You, you know, we have to go united. If we go just as harness horsemen or just as thoroughbred horsemen or just as uh, equestrian sports, we're not as likely to get stuff done as we as we would be if we go as a united front. And that's kind of like the theme of the Maryland Horse Council. And that's, you know, why I think this is such a great idea. And I think it's a very important initiative going forward. But how, in your words, Stuart, how important is it to go to the government, to go to your state governments, um, united as the Horse Council is trying to do? It's, it's absolutely essential. Uh, it's, it's essential for, for all sides. Um, you know, probably the part of the industry that's got the most in terms of lobbyists and the most strength in Annapolis is the thoroughbred racing part. And uh, they, but they need the big numbers. They need to be able to, to talk about all of the farms and the numbers that you had in your, in your ad in the beginning for the Maryland horse industry in order to really get the votes that they need. And so, uh, you know, but I guess both standard bread and thoroughbred have recently been fighting to, to maintain funding um, from the slots revenue and there's been an effort in the budget committee to juggle some of that money around um, that would have cost racing a couple of million dollars. And so as the Maryland Horse Council, we, we testified. Um, we fortunately didn't have to really mobilize in a big way. It looks like that money's going to be saved. But, but being able to go in, for instance, to Maggie McIntosh, who's the head of the committee that's handling this, but used to be the head of the committee that handled all the farm issues, the environmental committee, and um, so I knew her and, and we you know, were able to talk about that as well as the racing issues. And, and it, it goes, it goes a long way, you know? Um, and then for the, for the smaller parts, the, you know, the small farms and the, the trail riders and the parts of the industry that don't have lobbyists and don't have, um, you know, as much revenue and as much organization to be able to represent themselves, um, you know, being at the table with, with racing and with some of the bigger parts of the industry, um, helps them obviously because uh, they're listened to. So um, if we're not known in the legislature, we're not respected. Um, I mean, what the very first thing when I was president of the horse council that we got passed was a bill called horses is agriculture. <laughs> there was some question about that and, and it made it so that um, what we do on a horse farm uh, is guaranteed to get ag subsidies where there are programs that we can qualify for. Uh, and it's, it's, um, made it so that when we have these permitting issues, we can point to the state law that passed unanimously. It wasn't very controversial, but um, that clearly states that when we put up a barn, it's an ag structure and ag structures don't have um, as difficult permitting as, you know, as other kinds of buildings. So um, those kinds of things have been really important. Now you guys are seeing uh, donations for this uh, GoPro initiative. If anybody would like to donate, can you tell them how they can, doing so yeah um if you just go to mdhorsecouncil.org uh on that home page you'll see the gopro uh, banner and you click on that and and it explains where the, the organizations come from how it's getting there it has a donate button and you can just do it like that or you can send in a check um i've been contacting a lot of the farms um 
just by email and and what we did on my farm, which isn't a big operation, is we kicked in a thousand dollars. It's a one time. We're raising one hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. It's a one time thing to give us one year's revenue, one year's um, cost, so that that um, by the next year the the thing should be self supporting and actually should be in, producing more revenue than that to be able to even expand from there. We think it should be a two hundred thousand dollar a year operation to really be able to to represent the industry so we're raising 150 um, a lot of the farms are kicking in a thousand dollars a piece we figure if we can get 150 folks at a thousand dollars a piece we're there um, but some people are doing less and some people are doing more Stuart Pittman the incoming vice president of the Maryland Horse Council Stuart we appreciate you joining us good buddy you're doing good work we really appreciate it thank you for having me all right, that was Stuart Pittman, the incoming vice president of the Maryland Horse Council. A lot to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The one, the only, Bob Hollywood Hayden is in the on-deck circle, and we'll hear from him next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. At Bet America, we're giving away free Kentucky Derby bets. Bet a winner in any derby prep race now through April 15th, and we'll give you a free bet on that horse to win the 2017 Kentucky Derby. Check out the BetAmerica.com promo calendar for opt-in info and rules. And don't forget about our new bigger and better intro bonus, where your first deposit is tripled. Join BetAmerica today. Northwood stands ready to serve its growing customer base in representing them at both yearling and mixed sales and in private purchases of racing and breeding stock. If you're looking into the harness racing marketplace as a buyer or seller, call Northwood today. Northwood is the most experienced and professional representation for public auction and private sales. Northwood is now accepting entries to the 2017 yearling sales. Visit them online at northwoodbloodstock.com. That's NorthwoodBloodStock.com. The Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono is your home for exciting harness racing. Coming Mondays in April, it's Lucky 25 night. Purchase $25 in live racing vouchers and rematch it for a total of $50 in vouchers. The promotion starts at 5 p.m. See the Racing Rewards desk for details. Live racing in April every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday for the post time of 6.30 Sundays. Start time 7.30. No live racing on Monday, April 3rd. It's the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by uh, Bob Hollywood Hayden. And Bob, let's, uh, let, let's start it off uh, real quick. Uh, we, we've seen some of your facts and stories uh, about your friend Sam McKee. And, uh, uh, you know, he's a friend to us all. And uh, talk to us a little bit about your, uh, your relationship with him before we get started. Well, I uh, was actually watching a movie a couple weeks ago, and I saw something that I absolutely thought it applied to Sam. I saw a picture of a nun with some kids on the playground, and one of the kids was standing there, and she took the kid by the shoulders from behind and told him to go play. 
And I said to myself, you know, this reminds me, this is kind of what happened to Sam when he's like five, six years old, where somebody, probably an authoritative figure, maybe even a nun, something like that, said, Sam, listen, go out there, go do good, don't look back. And then for the next 50 years, that's exactly what he did. It's almost like the the picture just hit me. I mean, I was thinking of Sam a lot anyway, so that might have been the reason I thought of it then, but um, that's what the man did. The man was on a mission, a nonstop mission to do good. Everywhere he went, every place he he stopped, uh, even though we only work, I only worked with him 18 years since 1999, 16 in Harrisburg. Um, the work ethic this man showed, the the lack of superficiality, um, the the ability to uh, take over and do whatever work he could, uh, do something, do for you any chance he got, and for others all the time. I don't even know where he found the time to do these things. I'll give you another example. There's a guy coming to the Derby. He comes to the big Derby races every year, a guy named Tap, Bob Tap. And uh, I said to him, I guess, I'll see, I guess we'll see you on Derby Day, Tap. He goes, yeah. And he goes, let me uh, remind me to tell you some stories of things that Sam did for me. So he's going to tell me the first Saturday in May. And this is, again, a case of a guy you probably wouldn't associate somehow with Sam or, you know, whatever. But he's going to be six, seven weeks from today, once again, giving us some fresh stuff that we didn't know. won't surprise any of us, but we didn't even know that Sam did because that's the way Sam did it. He wasn't telling anybody what he was doing it. He was doing it because it was Sam, you know, so... um, what a wonderful 18 years. Sam, Sam and Ken Warkington at the Meadowlands have allowed me to do my work. Prior to their arrival, I was doing a lot of others' work, if you know what I mean. Um, those two guys were so highly competent that it then allowed me to focus on what I do and what I do best, therefore allowing me to shine and my my best stuff to come through without have to having to be forced to wear other people's hats. Holly Mike Bozich. One thing I'm most grateful for. Uh, Holly Mike Bozich here. That's one of the things I think the casual race fans don't realize about Sam, but uh, that we're starting to find out is that Sam was much, much more than a track announcer. Sam was really larger in life, had a lot of going ons behind the scenes, had that ability, as you say, to take charge. But uh, Holly, you've been around Sam for quite a long time. Do you have any, um, what would you say is the funniest story that maybe somebody doesn't know a, a story that everybody's got them. I mean, I've heard, you know, stories where Sam could just make you laugh all day and all night. Do you have any real funny story that sticks out to you about Sam McKee? Well, I'll give you, I'll give you one that I haven't mentioned to anybody yet, which isn't funny. Then I'll give you my, my funny one involves the kids, but this one to mention on September 7th, 2012 is when Sam and I both got our phone call that we were in the hall of fame. On February 11th, we were nominated on 2012. September 7th, we were, in, we were officially in. You know the first question that Sam McKee asked Steve Wolf? First thing he says, I sure hope Holly got in too. Wow. Can you imagine getting your Hall of Fame call and your first sentence involves somebody else? That that's Sam in a nutshell. Now the the best funny one has to be the one with the kids because well I I am known at the track for always having my bags of candy and things like that and I'll have you know anything from calendars to you know giveaway items to uh, 
if the weather is not too bad, you know, chocolate and stuff like that. So, and I'll always have stuff. People would actually look in my bags a lot of times before they even look at me. You know, people would go in for tomorrow night's program and all that kind of stuff. So, we have kids stopping by the set periodically. So, they're always going to get something here or there, whatever. So, sometimes I head to the paddock, and then I'll come back later on. So, in the past year or so, Sam has taken to uh, holding a kid, telling the kid to wait or something like that while I'm in the paddock because Bob will have something for you when he comes back. And then once in a while, I come back from the paddock, I will have already given away the candy. So if you can picture this, me talking to an eight, nine-year-old who was looking for candy, who was just told by Sam that Bob has something for you, I come back and my bag's empty, and I'm doing negotiating and doing rain checks with eight, nine-year-olds on the TV set. So you can, you can picture this, you know, and this this happened at least two or three times too. So, and those um, are probably the toughest negotiations you ever had in your life, trying to tell a kid that all. he's away from candy. I said to Sam, I said, you know, what, why don't we just keep a couple things here so that next time that happens, you're prepared instead of me having to tell the kid, I'll see you a week from Friday. Does that sound good to you? You know. So, uh, but he, but it was always again, it was always in the in the interest of, um, you know. Of some level of extension of Sam, you know, he's always he's always extending. Sometimes he was extending my hand in absentia, but it was always extending it to someone else. I mean, this incredible all the time. Now, Holly, uh, one thing that you're well known for is the history and facts of harness racing. And uh, for any of those of you who may uh, follow Holly on Facebook. Uh, he has facts upon facts upon facts of just about everything harness racing. Um, how did you get in the sport, and uh, do you keep a book with all these facts, or is this stuff that just kind of comes to memory uh, as you go through your day? No, I was just born smarter than my brother and sister. Um, <laughs> no, actually, what happened was it was I turned base, baseball was really where I started, and I still have a, gr- a lot of great baseball stuff. I actually did the quiz. Sport Magazine for four or five months back in the early 80s because one of the guys, a guy named David Whitford, found out um, that, I, that I had a lot of good stuff and I would do it and I would research it and, you know, get a little paid a little bit. Pretty cool when you're 25 years old, you know. Um, so I would do a lot of that. Then that turned into, into racing, harness racing. What happened was I eventually turned my hobby into my job. Um, I had gone to college with Steve Katz at Rutgers. And we kind of, each one kind of helped the other. I took Steve Cass to the races for the very first time. And then eventually he worked at Sports Eye. And then eventually when I decided to go into the, wanted to go into the business, he kind of got me back in the door. Kind of what we did. I started with Thoroughbreds, worked for them. Dave Bergman was influential. And it was very grassroots. It was, you know, getting your feet wet and stuff. And um, I mean, I, I mean, the first or second weekend I was at, Belmont, I think, or Aqueduct. Aqueduct. Um, they brought in Kelso to retire. You know, Kelso was a five-time horse of the year from '60 to '64, I believe. And they brought him in to see him one more time, and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And then two days later, Kelso died. So those are the kind of memories you have when you first start out. And then I eventually started with Sports Eye. Steve Katz started me on the Meadowlands TV show in February of '84. I officially started for the track as a stat man historian in October of '84. And more or less been there ever, ever since. Um, but the stats and all those things are things I more retain than anything else. I try to bring that into a lot of things I do because I always, I always just like I, when I watch a baseball game, 
or any sporting event, I don't want to be told things that I know. I want people who have access to things that I don't to be bringing that to the forefront and to the table and the forum for which I'm listening. I don't need obvious stuff. I have that already. You know, give us stuff that you guys have that you talk to and, and things like that. So that's what I want to do. When I ask a question in an interview, it's a question that I want answered, not necessarily a popular question. You know, not necessarily. I don't, you're never going to hear me say, how do you feel after winning a million-dollar race? Is your family happy? You know, you're never going to hear any of that kind of stuff. Right. You know, you're going to hear about the tough choice you had making, you know, making the race, and you almost didn't get in the race, and you're dead heated for fourth, and you want a coin toss and stuff like that. You know, those kind of things will come up much more likely than, than me asking anything pat. So that's kind of interesting. One side note, though, is I actually was offered the job by the Bergen Record in 1986 in February to cover the Mets for the year. By that point, I had already established myself for two years at sports, I'm sorry, at the Meadowlands. And the Meadowlands was run by the state. So when you work for the state, you know, you have certain benefits you get and stuff like that, and you don't really want to get that job and then kind of undo it, you know what I mean? So it was a very difficult thing in the spring of 86 to turn down the job on the Mets, but I did. And lo and behold, that became the you-know-what Mets year, 1986, <laughs> with you know, I don't need to say any more. So. But I did have a shot there. And um, and my baseball connection has continued for years because Gene Michael did my introduction at the Hall of Fame uh, when I went in in 2013. I've known Gene since 78. And, you know, I was friendly with Gidry and a few other guys through the years. And so I've kept some of that in play, but not as much as I like to. Dan Plesak comes to see us at the track quite a bit. And, but um, it's still fun there, but I wish I'd keep my, you know, it's part of me wishes I'd done that. Part of me wishes I hadn't. So it's, you can only choose one because they're both full-time things, you know. Well, listen, we're glad we have you in the sport of harness racing. You're, it's a great follow. And like a wise man once told me, if you love numbers, the two sports that you want to be involved in are baseball and horse racing because you can have as much stats and as much numbers uh, for certain to certainly uh, satisfy your fill. Holly, we appreciate you joining us. And anybody that wants to follow you on Facebook, uh, they could just uh, go ahead and type your name in there, and uh, they could do that, right? Yes, and uh, and I try to keep – I'm going to be keeping my Sam McKee goodies, uh, keep them coming because uh, – in the ensuing months, I'm sure that I'll have many, many more coming. There's no shelf life on, on a man like Sam McKee, that's for sure. So uh, he's going to live on in perpetuity for a lot of us. You got it. Thanks, Holly. Okay, thank you. All right, that was Hollywood Bob Hayden, the one and only Hall of Famer, the stat master of harness racing. Mike, I'll tell you what, that's an interview. I got a feeling that we're going to have to revisit here in a, maybe in another month or so because uh, Holly's just uh, – He's full of stats and, and just great tidbits about harness racing. Yeah, definitely. He's full of a lot of fun stuff. Uh, I've been following his Sam McKee stuff uh, over the past couple of weeks since Sam passed. And, you know, just some of the stories. And I, the candy story never gets old. It's a funny every time I read it, every time I hear it. So uh, it was a lot of fun having him on. The subject of beard trainers is proving prominent a lot in circles as a blade here in the sport of harness racing. And we're going to revisit that topic with the DRF's Jay Bergman on the other side of this timeout. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. 
Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th, and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania, and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now we're joined by the uh, fine author of this latest article on beard trainers. He is the DRF's Jay Bergman. Jay, how are you, sir? Great, great to be with you guys. First time, but I'm glad to be around. Jay, I'm going to ask. I'm going to start this off, and this was, by the way, a really good article. As a matter of fact, it's uh, I had to actually read it about three or four times. It was that good because it went above and beyond beard trainers it talked about uh social media and it talked about its impact and it talked about reporting and getting your facts straight and it was a really really well written article uh but under the nice little graphic that you had you uh asked the question and i'm going to ask you this question is the list of trainer always the real face behind the horse uh you know i, I don't think i don't think it is and, and unfortunately over time uh, the, the trainer's presence or lack thereof is, is really what's, what's bothersome to me and perhaps, you know, the other real trainers. I mean, you go into a paddock these days and you, you try to find the, the guy who's on the program and, and very often he's not there. Now, uh, does that mean he's not the trainer? Uh, I can't say for sure because, you know, as the betting public or even the public witnessing on a given night, you know, we don't know what happens in the, in the six and a half days that, that preceded the race. 
and, and who is in fact you know taking care of the horse. I mean, we we all know anyone who's in the industry understands there are assistants, there are there are caretakers, there are many people involved in, in the care of a horse. But you know, for for the betting public, it would be nice to know that the, the guy on the program is actually the guy taking care of the horse, the guy sending the horse onto the racetrack for the first time. Now, Jay, you brought up some really good points in your article, but one point that kind of stuck out to me was the person uh, that you asked, you know, would beard trainers or catching beard trainers matter to you or make a difference? And the per- the person kind of had a, you know, it doesn't matter attitude. Why do you think that the patrons uh, who are currently in the sport, we're not talking new faces, we're just talking people who are in the sport, why do you think that they have that uh, nonchalant attitude? I, I think it, it's years and years and years of the same kind of situation that, that, you know, it repeats itself over and over again. We constantly hear people talking about it. You bring it up. Uh, it, people get emotional about it. People get, uh, you know, argumentative about it. But in, in the end, when things don't actually change, you, you know, the frustration just, just sinks in further and further. And you say, like, why am I, why am I even bothering? You know, I, I'm, my, my history is, is 40 years, you know, long, if not longer in this, in this sport. And, you know, I, I was bringing up a lot of these things 40 years ago, and uh, most people didn't want to hear about it then. And, and the changing uh, of it is, is you know, I, I, I felt that, you know, I had horsemen calling me religiously over time just saying, write about this, point this out, point this out. And, and, and what I really came to in this article is like, okay, Horsemen know about the existence of beards. Horsemen are broadcasting about the existence of beards. Horsemen are telling social media about the existence of beards. Well, why don't the horsemen take care of the problem and not ask other people to hear it and ask other people to fix it? I mean, it's, it's, it's all related to horsemen right now. Why, why? I mean, what Joe Feraldo suggested, what, uh, what Joe Panaccio suggested – you know, were, were you know were just extraordinary means of catching people that we already know the identity of. Why? Why do we need to go through such means to do so? The horsemen are the ones who are broadcasting it. Let the horsemen come through with it and say, okay, we got to stop this. We've got to stop it as a group. Not not that the rest of the world has to know about it. Not that the racing commissions have to get involved. But that we as a group of people come together and say, hey. We, 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 if, if I'm listed on the program, so should this guy, so should that guy be, not, 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 not someone who's representing him. Visiting with Jay Bergman from the Daily Racing Forum. Now, Jay, obviously this subject has caught fire over the last couple of weeks. You've got the Joe Feraldo letter. Joe Feraldo was on this show last week. Ray Schnitker made the public comments in a very public forum. We've had your article, uh, social media posts uh, galore. Don't have to go too far on a Facebook page to, to uh, before you find something about this subject. Obviously, it has garnered a lot of attention, but right now, as it is, it's just kind of all talk, where do we and how do we turn this talk into action? What do you think the next step is? I know you're putting the onus on the horsemen. What do you think their next step is? If they all get together and say, okay, that's it, we've had enough of it, we're going to take the next step, what is that logical next step? I, I think the logical next step would, would, be, would be to focus on the, the groups themselves. The SOA of New York would be a great example uh, you know, just have a meeting, have a general meeting, have a general meeting with with all of all the horsemen, and let them put their grievances on the table. I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling them how to fix it. 
you know, I'm telling them to meet about it and talk about it. And I, I just, you know, I, it, it sort of rubs me the wrong way to hear uh, that group tell other people, well, here's what we have to do. You, you don't have to do anything. You know, for, for, for the truth is for the guy betting for myself, it doesn't matter who's on the program. Most, most people who wager in the, in the game, they look at the name and they say, okay, if that guy's winning 20%, then I can guarantee that, whether it's the driver or the trainer or whoever's name is listed, it's a question of what their competency level is when it comes to handicapping and gambling. So, you know, from, from my perspective, the reason why I pointed the finger at the horseman is it's not really the outside people who care as much as the horsemen do about this issue. And I can understand why horsemen care. Uh, someone who works hard, says, you know, and, 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 is, and is their own face of their own stable and wants to be known that. But, but to me, like, and like I pointed out in the article, I, I, I'm totally against anything where you have a winner circle picture and you want to interview people who are you know, connected to prominent horses and you can't put a microphone in front of anybody. You can't ask the question. Now, to me, that should offend horsemen. That should offend all horsemen enough to rise up and say, we can't project ourselves as a serious industry if we have to go into a winner's circle with, with a microphone and nobody to talk. We're not serious. We're not, we're not, we're not even connected. If, 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 if we can't explain to somebody how this trainer, he, he's not allowed to train here during the week, but, you know, in specific races, we let him in the winner's circle, but we don't want you to talk to him because then we'd ask those questions about what this guy's real activities. And I think that that's, the, that's, the issue at hand in my mind and in my mind like hey let's get together and let's recognize we want to project an image of an industry that's pure wholesome a lot of hard-working good dedicated people all the time the only way we're going to do that is if the groups come together wholly and say we don't want to see this anymore as a group not not push it off to an administration not push it off to a commission not push it off to the rest of the world just because we'll satisfy social media today and act like we're really doing something. I, I, I think that the time for acting is, is different than the time for action. This is action time. This is Ray Nicker look, is looked at in 7,000 different ways by this industry, but what he said was correct. What he said was true. What he said was real. And to me as an industry, if, if people want to be real and want to be part and want to be uh, help to, to prosper in the future, we have to have people in winner circles that we can talk to and that can talk about the horses specifically because they actually are involved with the horses. All right. Well, Jay, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, talking about your article. It was a very well-written article, and uh, it was a uh, very good read. We uh, appreciate you talking with us. Hopefully we'll get you on in the future. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that was Jay Bergman from the DRS, and uh, Mikey brought up some very, uh, very good points. And uh, you know, we we've talked about it the last couple of weeks on this show, uh, the beard trainers, and you know, it's uh, it's an interesting subject, and uh, the question of which way we go uh, next is uh, kind of up in the air. Well, I'll tell you what, I can't remember a topic ever getting so much attention as this has over the last couple of weeks. I mean, this thing is kind of snowballed. Like I said, we had Feraldo on the show, Joe Feraldo on the show last week. He wrote that letter. Jay Bergman wrote the article. Ray Schnitger made the comments. It's on social media all over the place. So, you know, hopefully something can be done. I mean, right now it's all talk. Uh, like, you know, I don't want to phrase Donald Trump, but right now it's all talk, no action. So we'll see if maybe we could, uh, the, the talk can spur some action. I mean, that's obviously the next step. It's obviously a problem. And, you know, we obviously have to uh, figure out a way to rectify it. Well, Mike, it's our 
one of our favorite segments. I don't want to say it's our favorite segment because I don't want, you know, Gabe to feel bad, but it's one of our favorite segments. It's around the horn and it's coming up next. And we've got our good friend, Matt Rose. He's going to join us on this around the horn. segment. we're going to take a look at some Yonkers action coming up on Friday and Saturday with the matchmaker and the Levy. So don't go anywhere. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Ben America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Action is always hot at Harness Racing's Winter Capital Pompano Park. With guaranteed pools, constant carryovers, and industry load takeouts, Pompano Park has become one of Harness Racing's greatest horse player attractions. Live racing five nights per week, Sunday through Wednesday and Saturday too, for the most time of 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Wager now at Harness Racing's Winter Capital Pompano Park. Around the horn is the easiest way the better way, and that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go on the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by uh, by, uh, by somebody who's a foe to me each and every week uh, in our handicapping contest, but a good friend of mine, Matt Rose. How are we doing, Matt? Good, good, uh, good, to have, uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Listen, Matt, you've been kicking my butt each and every week, so I'm going to have to take some notes, uh, take some notes uh, from the Yonkers races here. But uh, we're going to go over the uh, Blue Chip Match Baker and Levy Series for the weekend, and it starts in Race 5 on Friday night. It's the $40,000 Blue Chip Matchmaker Series uh, free-for-all. And, Matt, this is, a, this is kind of an interesting race here. It's a field of six, and the only winner uh, from last week is Bedroom Confessions. Crispy Apple put in a very good effort as well uh, last week. 
Uh, yeah, Bedford Confessions uh, was in a spot last week to control the action, and she did just add and kick clear. Obviously, it's a short field, but she's still outside what she has to beat. But uh, I'm going to stick with her. She's still going to be my top choice. Um, Crispy Apple sh- was a good second, but I, th- I thought should have been closer. It was just clearly no match uh, late in the mile last week. Makina Parr, who has a, obviously a great resume, um, probably waited too long to get moving and just – it closed well, but just never really didn't have that huge knockout punch that she usually has. But uh, from a small field and inside spot, she should be on or near the lead. But uh, I'm going to stick with bedroom confessions, hoping she can overcome the the post handicap, so to speak. And uh, I think she's sharp enough to repeat here. Next race on the docket is race six. Blue chip matchmaker action continues uh, for the mares. It is the uh, third leg, second division, and a bit of an interesting race. Regal Electra again draws the outside after uh, coming out of the bedroom confessions race last time, made a move at her, finished an even third, uh, obviously, perhaps a little bit easier. I mean, if you like bedroom confessions, then perhaps you have to like Regal Electra here. Who, who do you, how do you see it, Matt? I'm actually going to go inside. I'm, I'm going to come back with uh, Empress Dio, who I liked last week and paid a, paid a very generous price. Uh, she's been razor sharp in her last two in the first blue chip, uh, in the first blue chip leg, blue chip matchmaker leg. Uh, basically, she fired to the lead and parked out a rival, and they threw a bitter speed duel, and she still held second. And last week, she blasted the lead and then popped out of the pocket and won. I don't see any reason why she can't get the same trip uh, most likely a pocket trip in this spot. Uh, I agree. Regal Electra is is a, a, a prime player here. I'm just uh, I'm a little skeptical with the outside post again. She she might have to make two moves and that might seal her fate. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna come back with Empress Day. I'm also gonna consider using bet, uh, the three Better Be Cool, who's really done absolutely nothing wrong. Um, and uh, she she's finished third in the last two starts at big prices and. Uh, I can see her getting a piece of it, but uh, I'm going to stick with the rail Empress Dale and hope that uh, she trips out again. Race 7 is another division of the blue chip matchmakers from short field, uh, another field of six here. And uh, Matt, this uh, feature, she's a she's just a delight who was second to Empress Dio, who you just uh, said you liked. Um, no uh, uh, division winners from last week, and the only horse in this field that's won a division of the blue chip matchmaker so far is she's just a delight. Is uh, she just that good in this race? Yeah, um, I don't think this is probably the the, the weakest of the three divisions. Uh, I don't see any reason why. Uh, I know she's going to be a short price. She's six to five on the morning line. I don't see any reason why she can't win this race. Uh, she should be able to trip out here. I don't know if any I don't know if any horses can leave from the outside. It may just be the one Medusa and the two. She's just a delight. Uh, setting the setting the tempo here. Uh, and I, I don't see any reason why uh, Ron Cushion can't trip out and uh, win again. So I'll, I'll take the short price on She's Just a Delight. Moving on to Saturday, it's the George Morton Levy Series starting in race five. It is the third length first division. It also starts at pick four uh, for $50,000. And, you know, Rock and Ron, a very interesting horse, now moves to the outside after the speed win last week from the pylons. Uh, you have Wakazashi Hanover, who was battling all bets off last time in Memorial Beach, who basically cherry-picked uh, the save ground, scoot by to pass uh, Wakazashi Hanover, and all bets off. But what do you think about that? Well, for starters, it's interesting. Tim Tietrich opted off Wakazashi Hanover to go drive 
market so, which is which is quite interesting. Uh, so so right right there, that makes it kind of difficult for me to endorse Wakazashi Hanover. Uh, I, I Rock and Ron obviously has been razor sharp. Uh, has the speed to overcome the post, but uh, I'm going to look farther inside. I'm going to go with the three somewhere in L.A. Battled harsh with provocative Prince last week. Lived to tell about him. Just got run over by a fresher horse. Uh, if he can get on the lead, he's very brave on the front end. And uh, I think this is a wide open race. I think you actually get a halfway decent price on anybody you like here, but I will stick with the three uh, somewhere in L.A. Now, there's no show wagering in race six, which means Mike Bozich will not be betting it. Uh, it's the George Morton <laughs> Levy series for $50,000. And Missile J shows up here after winning two straight Levy legs. Uh, driver Tim Tietrich picks up the drive once again. Santa Fe Beach Boy has been kind of a uh, disappointing uh, horse over the past couple of starts, coming off a couple of fourth-place finishes. Um, Matt, this race is, uh, is, is kind of interesting in the fact that it's gonna, it seems like it's going to have a pretty big favorite, and then it's everybody else. Well, you say Miss, Missile J it deserves to be the favorite. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure about the no-show waging. I don't really agree with that. Uh, basically, obviously, he's been absolutely super since the uh, move into Scott D. Domenico Barn. Six for seven this year, two for two in the Levy. But he's also tripped out in these two starts. I don't know how much early speed he can generate here. And if not for a crazy speed duel last week, I, I, don't, you know, I don't think he, he would have won that race. I am sticking, going right back to Santa Fe Beach Boy. Uh, a couple of disappointing fourth place finishes, but both of them had excuses. Two back, uh, sit in the pocket to uh, I believe it was McWicked who just couldn't carry into the lane. Last week, Jordan Stratton was driving, elected to sit in and got absolutely buried and finished with pace. Had no chance. This week, you're going back to Jason Bartlett, who's had plenty of success with his horse. Uh, he does have tactical speed. He should be close up, uh, maybe even tracking Great Vintage, who was a classy Jimmy Tactor horse from the rail. And I think that the Missile J, uh, well, obviously can't take anything away from him. He just he just may have too far to come and may not get the trip that he needs unless he can generate early speed. But I'm going to go for the slight upset, and I will stick with Santa Fe Beach Boy. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to actually throw in a horse here that I like quite a bit, and this is a horse I watched last week, the two and a half, uh, $2.5 million year in her clear vision. And I'll tell you, if you go back to that Meadowlands race, and it was field either. Alberto Contador and Rocket Optimus, the very established, the second and third place finishers in that clear vision had plenty left, and Brett Miller never asked uh, Torrance for anything last start, so perhaps vision is getting right back into form, and, and even if you look at the last couple of Yonkers starts, I mean, look at the draw, seven and eight, uh, including a, a parked out mile, two starts back at a second place finish to start before that. I think clear vision's got a big, big shot in here at uh, eight to one. Yeah, his start two back at Yonkers from the eight post was huge. He got parked every step, and he's only got beat by five lengths. My only question is why? Why the missed time? Why is he? Why is he waiting until the third round, third third round of the Levy to join? Uh, that that's the, that's my only question mark. But I will agree, he's razor sharp, and this is one uh, better's edge who will see. Uh, he's also in the Levy. He was in the fifth race. Um, those are two old, classy Ron Burke horses that have pretty much flourished in these new connections, uh, Jennifer Lappy, John Coquina. So I could certainly see this horse being a, play, a player. My only question is, you know, why they missed time? And that could be a concern. Certainly. Early. Race 7, the Levy series continues uh, once again, a uh, field of seven here. And you talked about provocative prints uh, a little bit. 
Nomad, who uh, just got sizzled up last time at a speed though with somewhere in L.A. Uh, quarter brunch did, uh, just didn't happen, couldn't get by the leader, and uh, uh, tailed off there, 29-4, and four, finished seventh, eight lengths out, uh, and continue his winning streak to five. Obviously, we don't expect that kind of trip here today, but Keystone Velocity is a big morning line favorite from the inside. Your thoughts? Yeah, Keystone Velocity ran huge. It was something like a 54 back half uncovered and grinding into, into the rated front runner, and he just kept coming, and he snapped it uh, on the wire. Uh, I know this is a big ticket purchase by uh, Rene Allard and people, and obviously uh, he's starting to pay some dividends pretty quickly. I am going to stick with Provocative Prince. I'm going to hope that last week's uh, ill-fated move didn't take too much out of him. I like that he is right back in this week, so I assume he's fit and ready. And I probably will get a, a better price here because Keystone Velocity will take money. The two Caviar Luca figures to take some money, uh, finally getting some post-relief. I'll stick with Provocative Prince. I hope he goes back to his grinding ways and doesn't try to be too aggressive. And uh, I'll take what, what, what will – he will probably be the second choice this week, and uh, I'll just hope that he uh, can resume winning ways with any sort of live trip and not getting used up uh, too early. All right, Matt. Race 9 features uh, a division winner from last week in Milmer Me Beach, who draws post number 5 this week. Uh, didn't get the best of beginnings and came from off the place to beat Wakazashi Hanover and all bets off. A bit of a legend draws post 6. It's a little bit of a concern to me. Uh, this race uh, is a little bit more wide open, uh, if you ask me. Guantanamo Bay is my, uh, my question mark horse from the inside, and it's actually going to be my pick in the Hannah contest. <laughs> Maybe I should change my mind because Guantanamo Bay will be my selection also. <laughs> um, listen, he, this horse uh, was, was a private purchase, I believe, at the beginning of the year by these connections. Danny Renault is a trainer. He's been absolutely incredible. I, I, I'm pretty sure they made back their purchase price uh, money and some already. He just flies home every week. Uh, he will be my top choice. My only concern is Sometimes you have a horse that's been a stone closer leaving from the rail. Does, does, does Scott Zeron try to get too aggressive to hold position? Does he get used a little harder, harder early than he wants to? And, you know, will that take some of the starch out of him late? I don't know. But uh, he's just too sharp for me to ignore. And I'll take, I'll, I'll take my chances that, uh, that Scott Zeron can relax him and power by late. Uh, you mentioned uh, Melmer Mead Beach. Yeah, he powered home, but you also had all bets off in that race who waltzed around the track and, and really just stopped. Uh, Melmary Beach steps up once in a while with a huge effort, uh, but he's kind of an in-and-outer. He'll race huge one week, and then he'll leave you scratching your head the next week. And a bit of a legend, obviously, is logical. He's, he hasn't won this year. He's uh, four stars, two seconds, two-thirds, but uh, you can say he's had an excuse in all four of those races. He will, he'll, he will be a player going forward. He will win his share races. I just don't know if tonight is the spot. Like I said, I'll stick with Guantanamo Bay and hope that the closing kick works well from the inside. Well, Matt Rose, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. And listen, be nice to Carter. Don't make him look too bad in that handicapping contest, okay? <laughs> That's part of the fun of it, but uh, I'll be kind. I'll be kind. Thank you, buddy. Uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that was Matt Rose. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, we were talking about this Around the Horn segment, Mike, and we figured it might be good to start involving some guests in our Around the Horn segment, one of our most popular segments and our favorite segments uh, during this show. And, hey, if we bring along a guest, uh, perhaps an expert of whatever racetrack we're looking at, I think that only makes it better, huh? 
Yeah, I definitely agree that it does make it better, and it's uh, you know what, it's a lot of fun, and I enjoy it. And uh, you know, one thing about it, Mike, is that we we kind of took like the handicapping process and just kind of, you know, we we tell people who we like, but we tell people why we like them, and we try to make it a little bit interesting uh, for somebody who may not be uh, that skilled of a handicapper or maybe new for whatever reason. Uh, you know, we try to help them out. We got one more commercial break to take. When we come back, we'll wrap this thing up. It's post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono is your home for exciting harness racing. Coming Mondays in April, it's Lucky 25 night. Purchase $25 in live racing vouchers and rematch it for a total of $50 in vouchers. The promotion starts at 5 p.m. See the racing rewards desk for details. Live racing in April every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday for the post time of 6.30 Sundays. Start time 7.30. No live racing on Monday, April 3rd. It's the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. We are back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, and I can't wait, Mike Carter, because opening day for the Harrods Philadelphia meet is just a couple of days away. Sunday, April 2nd, we've got 14 exciting races, uh, a good one in the third, an Allen is a 20,000 in their last five, so some good horses there. We've got an Allen is a 15,000 last five in race 12. It's going to be a great card. Mike, there is just nothing like opening day of a harness racing meet that you're involved in. I just can't wait. Yeah, you know, it's almost kind of like opening day at baseball. Uh, it's a lot of excitement, uh, big crowds. And, you know, Mike, I personally uh, I'm excited because uh, I can come out to uh, visit Harris, Philadelphia every once in a while. And you guys got a very good program coming up on Sunday. I had a chance to take a look at it. And full fields, that's a big thing for you guys as well. 
Absolutely. We'll let pick from back in action with that low 15% takeout that starts in race seven. A couple of pick threes on the uh, wagering program as well. Plus, of course, it's our big stakes day towards the end of May. I'm not quite sure when the actual day is, but uh, of course, you have the Maxi Lee, the Betsy Ross, another great invitational that had uh, Wiggle It Jiggle it just put on a clinic and a track record performance last year. That was that I still think about that race. Unbelievable, Mike, uh, with Wiggle It Jiggle and with that, uh, gosh, I believe it was 47 and change. Uh, it was just an unbelievable. And what was unbelievable about that, Mike, was the crowd. You should have seen the crowd that came into the winner's circle for Wiggle It Jiggle It. And I'm thinking to myself, man, is this a people's horse or is this a people's horse? I mean, a horse for, you know, the ages is, is really is, is what came to mind. But you should have seen that winner's circle. It's probably floating around on social media somewhere, the picture. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it's going to be 150 days starting at 1240 in the afternoon. Um and uh, I just can't wait. I mean, it's a great, you've got a great sire stakes program. The Pennsylvania sire stakes program, second to none, always some great horses that come out of there and go on to great things. So that all starts coming up this Sunday, April 2nd with the first post at 1240. So make sure you check it out and I'll be uh, making some tweets there under post time with Mike and Mike as well on my Facebook page. So make sure you follow us on the tweet, on the Twitter. And, on the uh, Twitter. What are we, PT Mike and Mike one. Yeah. At PT Mike and Mike one. Yeah, PT Mike and Mike one on Twitter, and of course you could uh, follow us on Facebook at Post Time with Mike and Mike. Anything else, buddy? No, I think that's it. Listen, we go to ten thirty in the morning next week. A press release will oh. follow here. Uh, oh. and we gotta wake we gotta wake Mike Bozich up because uh, we go to ten thirty in the morning next week. I'm gonna have to set an alarm for Gabe. I think. Oh, oh boy! I'll tell you what. Between me and Gabe, it's gonna be tough. <laughs> That's right. But well, we go to 10:30 in the morning as uh, Mike finally goes back to work. I know Francine's probably thrilled over there, but um, you know, oh, yeah. uh, Mike uh, Mike goes back to work. We switch back to a 10:30 uh, time. And uh, listen, let us know uh, what you think about the 10:30 time. We're open to suggestions and uh, good comments. We'll see you next time. And week by the way, anybody 10... and anybody that's still alive in the bracket busters, get your picks in. You'll be getting an email from us. There you go. Get your racket buster picks in now. We'll see you next week, early in the morning at 10.30. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't. Day.